Welcome to Sunday. It is sunny. And, and yesterday was yucky and rainy, but we need that because we want to get rid of all the salt and all the yucky stuff and then watch all everything green show up. I guess, what is it, Tuesday is supposed to be 70, but then Wednesday is supposed to be like 40. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, yeah, like windy though. Yeah. But hopefully it... Oh, the wind's good because then it dries everything up. Sure. You know, that's that's a good thing. So anyway, I got... Uh, I was going to say, yeah. did you fix those? No, Are these new? No, no, no. <laughs> um, uh, Carly, you know, the producer that you replaced? Yes. She gave me her headset because apparently she wasn't going to do radio anymore. So I, I was so busy this week that I didn't get a chance to fix the ones that broke last week. And so then I... I oh, that's right. Carly gave me hers. And so I went and found them. And so, yeah, they're, it, they, they're so different. It sounds different <laughs> in my your, head. But hers are also bling. Bling. Well, that's why I had to bling mine out. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm watching her with her bling and so it's like i have to have bling too right <laughs> so yeah so i got carly's headsets on until i can get this but it got a different sound to it it's more i don't know a uh, treble instead mm. of bass okay so it's, it's just really yeah it's just it's different anyway so you had a you made it through the week made it through the week All yeah right. can't complain well that's good yeah we both did so now onward and upward to the next week right Exactly. Yep, do it all over yeah, again. Do it all over again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, today we have a special guest. Uh, last Sunday of the month, and that you know who that is is Dr. Jessica Levy, holistic vet. So if you got questions, uh, why we have her on the air, please call in questions to her. We won't have her the whole two hours. Uh, you know, because that's a lot of time to be sitting on a phone. <laughs> yeah, it's different when you're not in studio. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And so that's why. So so make sure that if you have a question for Dr. Levy, and we're gonna what we're um, one thing, two things we're going to touch on is thyroid problems in dogs. Okay. Hypo and hyper. Uh, the difference. Uh, what can you do? How do you know if you need meds? Uh, what What can you do? We're going to talk about that. And of course, flea tick season. Everybody's you know starting to get nervous. What do I do? What do I do? So we've talked about that uh, before, but we're going to reiterate it reiterated again today and then again like i say if you got any questions for dr jessica levy that'd be great to, to hear from you so um this this thing has a a tingy you know it's like a, a longer cold, well like a longer cold. Cold, cold, <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean and it's just don't kinda, get and, and tingled I feel, I feel like it's, it's dragging me away it's like by ka-dink. the end of the show you'll be fine I you'll know, get used to it i know it, I know it but it is what it is so anyway yeah the horse uh today uh jake my 34-year-old Jake, uh, he loves, loves to lay down and in his shed, his lean-to, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I Because he's so old, uh, I, I put extra shavings down for him so he has a nice cushy bed. Nice. Well, the thing is, when he lays down, he'll lay flat out, and he looks like one giant bag of shavings. This is what he looks like. So I, I take the shed and blade, and I go through it. That's the most way I can get all the shavings off quickly if I'm in a hurry. And then, lo and behold, what came up? The horses are starting to shed. So it's that time of year, and then now I like doing it because then the birds can use the fur, you know, for, for their nests and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. But it's pretty exciting that spring has sprung. The coat's starting to fall. Not much yet. It doesn't. It's not coming out in waves, but just, you know, enough poofs to make the birds have some fun with the with the, with the fur so so anyway but otherwise yeah so we'll be talking about thyroid and then uh what time is it oh is she online she is should we pull, oh well let's bring her up okay great hey dot dr levy how you doing good 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 welcome to the show once again it's the last Sunday of the month Thank we always you. know when we hear your friendly voice <laughs> there you go there you go so how everything's right in the, on your side of the street 
I think so. Oh, Spring good. is here. There you go. There you go. I was just introducing you a little bit there. And so, like, uh, so we start out with thyroid. Well, you want okay. to talk about thyroid? Okay. The difference now, there's hypo, hypo and hyper. Okay. Hyperthyroid is what? Hyperthyroidism only happens in cats. Only happens in cats? Well, I mean, humans too, but. Okay. We're going to talk about humans on the show. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're talking about dogs and cats. So cats get hyperthyroidism and dogs get hypothyroidism. Okay. So hyper is when your thyroid is overactive and pumping out too much thyroid hormone. Right. And because your your thyroid governs your metabolism, so it's like being on speed. Everything is jacked up. Um, so these cats are older. They're active. A lot of times people are happy because their older cat is super active and acts really young but actually their body is being driven a little bit hard by this overactive thyroid. So um, their heart's pumping really fast. They sometimes develop heart murmurs. Um, They lose weight because their body's just on overdrive. So they have good appetites. They eat a lot. They can't keep weight on. Um, They're a little frenzied. The symptom that I see very commonly is um, cats who are awake at night Uh and howling you know, they have this weird yowl that they do, okay. and, you know, nobody can figure out why. Ah, interesting. That can, huh. ha- that can happen to any cat at any age, correct? Correct. Well, usually it's older cats. Okay, okay. Now, I know cats can lose weight if they have diabetes, too. So Diabetes, what- kidney disease, liver disease, inflammatory bowel disease. Okay, yeah. so a good thing would be to, if your cat's uh, doing some of those symptoms is to take them in for blood work, Correct. Right, and sometimes they also just have vomiting and diarrhea, which is probably the you know easiest thing for cats to do. Mm-hmm. Um, cats are such good vomiters. Yeah, yes, they are. And so, so anytime you have blood work done on an older cat, because you know even if they're now they're not always jacked up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they just don't feel well. Sometimes they they're not thin. Sometimes they're a little bit pudgy. But anytime you have an older cat who's not you know, not doing 100%. When you have blood work done, it's always a good idea to check thyroid. Okay, because you have to ask for that individually. It's not in a complete blood profile, right? Right. Okay. Right. And then for dogs, dogs tend to go low. So dogs become hypothyroid. Um, There's some genetic predisposition because it's more common in certain breeds. So like golden retrievers are pretty famous for hypothyroidism, but it can happen in any breed. Okay. And usually they become um, kind of sluggish. Uh, their coat gets thinner. They look a little bit pot-bellied. Um, in winter, they might seem particularly cold. Okay. Um, but, uh, but realistically, it is a little bit of a challenge to diagnose often. So a normal thyroid range, and it's going to differ from one laboratory to another, but a normal range of a total T4 in a dog is roughly from one to four, whatever the units are. Okay. Now, if you have your dog tested because, you know, maybe they're not doing well, you know, they're not 100%, maybe they seem a little bit lethargic, not their usual bounce. Um, But if the thyroid clocks in 
at one or below one? What if it's 0.8? What if it's 0.9? Right. What if it's even 0.7? That is not true hypothyroidism. Oh, really? Because because the other thing that happens is if you have any disease process going on in your body, whatever it might be, your thyroid gets downregulated. Okay. And so your body just kind of dials it down a little bit. So you might so, if, if the thyroid comes in at that, like, you know, 0.7, whatever, lower than the one to four, then you suspect there might be something else going on in that dog? Correct. Okay. And what if it, it, yeah. what if it goes over? Like, what if it's a six? That doesn't happen in dogs. If it does happen in dogs, it means that they have a thyroid tumor. Oh, really? A thyroid carcinoma. Yeah. But, oh. I mean, it's rare. Okay. Um. So, so but usually I think dogs are really hypothyroid. Sometimes when you test a total T4 on a dog, the value is too low for the machine to register. Okay. And so the result will just say lower than 0.3 or 0.4, whatever the lowest end is that the machine can measure. Okay. That's true hypothyroidism. Like if the thyroid is so low that the machine can't measure it, oh, wow. then it's for real. But um, so that that's why you have all these other tests. So people say, you know, well, okay, a total P4, we have to interpret. We've got to figure it out. We still go back and forth. Is the dog really hypothyroid? So let's look at a free T4. The free T4 is the part of the circulating thyroid hormone that's not tied to a protein. Uh, let's look at a TSH, the way that they do in humans, right? Thyroid stimulating hormone. The theory is that if you were hypothyroid, your body would be, your pituitary gland would be pumping out the TSH saying, hello, thyroid, wake up. <laughs> and so, like, the theory is that if your thyroid, if your total T4 is low, but your TSH is high, that's your body trying to communicate with the thyroid gland because it's not functioning high enough. But it turns out that the, all these values in dogs, there are thyroid panels that you can get. You can look at a T3 and a total T3, which is the form of the thyroid hormone that has to be turned into T4 in order to be active. Um, okay, let's hold that thought. Tur- hold that thought. we yeah. got to run a break. So hold on. So we're okay. going to come back and we're going to discuss thyroid problems in dogs. Okay. We already mentioned cats. Okay, here we go. You have a piece of paper with the number five on it. Without writing anything, how can you make the five look like a two? We'll be back. Hello, hello. Thanks for sharing your Sunday afternoon with me. We're running. We're into this nineteenth year of on the air, so this is pretty cool. Congratulations! Oh, thank you. Who would have thunked it, huh? <laughs> okay, you have a piece of paper with the number five on it. Okay. Without writing anything, how can you make the five look like a two? Doctor Jess, do you have any idea? <laughs> Don't you just turn it upside down. That's yeah. part of it. Okay. And and what? Put uh, it in the mirror, and it's a two. So set you up upside down, okay, excellent, good, and good then job. you put it in good front job, of the mirror. Dr. Jess. There you go, there ding, go. ding, ding, Ooh. and she's <laughs> off and running. <laughs> hey, if any of you guys got a question for Dr. Jessica Levy, Holistic Effect, please give a call, 651-641-1071, 651-641-1071. Get some advice, uh, a holistic advice. So we're talking about uh, thyroidism in um, in dogs, and so I'm sorry I had to cut you off so we can go to break. So you can go ahead, finish your thought okay so what i was saying is that that's why there are all these other uh values that labs can test so there are thyroid hormone panels 
that will test five different things or six different things. And basically, it's because hypothyroidism can be difficult to diagnose. Okay. So, um, so, so if my if dog, dog got if my dog got just a standard test, if my dog got okay. uh, diagnosed with hypothyroidism, should mm-hmm. uh, before I start uh, doing any kind of meds, is it the, uh, should I do a different test, a more advanced test? You know, it, it depends. It depends on the clinical presentation. Okay. So, for example, um, I know when I've had patients who have gone to the university because they've got horrible allergies that aren't getting better. Okay. They won't even test their thyroid because they know it's going to come in lower than normal. All right. Because it, because there's this disease process going on in the dog's body. So, like I said, the thyroid's going to downregulate. Right. So, it's not worth testing All right. at that point. And it just kind of depends. I remember one case that I had. Um, it was a, a young dog. He was about two years old. Had a beautiful, thick, luxurious coat. Uh, he came in, the zoner brought him in for a wellness exam. There was nothing that he could perceive that was wrong with him. The dog laid on the floor during the entire exam, like didn't even get up. Okay. And then, and then there was something, he was just sort of, you know, did, just didn't get up off the floor. And then the owner said something to me about how he would get up in the morning, have his coffee, blah, blah, blah. And then he would go wake the dog up. Oh, wow. Okay. I know. Right. I was yeah. like, no, that's no. not right. Really? Tested him. Sure enough, he was profoundly hypothyroid. Really? Wow. Yeah, right? That's not right. No. Basically, as soon as your breathing changes (laughs) and your eyelids start to flicker, your dog should be like, yes, it's morning. Yes, you got that right. The dogs wake us up. So do the cats. (laughs) Right. So, and so that dog did not have a thinning coat or, you know, his owner hadn't perceived that he was lethargic. Okay. Um, but, you know, he was a young man, and this was his first dog, too. Right. Um, so he didn't really have a whole lot to compare to. So so sometimes, you know, you have to just kind of be thinking that maybe that's what it is. Um, but, like, you know, uh, one of my patients has um, uh, quite a bit of hair loss, and, you know, it's an older dog. He's not neutered. The hair loss is symmetrical, which tells you that it's hormonal in nature. Okay, what do you mean symmetrical? On both sides of his body. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, went to have his blood tested and his thyroid clocked in at, you know, 1.1. And like I said, the normal range is usually between 1 and 4. Right. And so the that who did the blood test said, oh, your dog's hypothyroid. Here's some meds. Like, no. No, that is not hypothyroidism because the thyroid is still functioning within the normal range. Right. I don't care if it's low within the normal range. If it's normal, it's normal. You can't quibble with that. Okay. So it, not every dog who loses hair is hypothyroid, and not every dog who doesn't lose hair is not hypothyroid. Okay, so, so now mm-hmm. let's say I, ha- I, have, I know a person, a friend that uh, the dog tested, you know, uh, for, uh, had it tested, they gave, he gave them, they, they gave him the thyroid medicine, and it's a golden mm-hmm. retriever, and the dog seized, had a seizure. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, and so he was what he calls me and says, okay, what's going on here? This is supposed to help my dog. My dog does, he never had a seizure in his life. What's going on? What can happen? Well, yeah. And for one thing, you know, of course, golden retrievers are also prone to epilepsy. Uh-huh. So He's there's ten years, genetic that, component. Yeah. Well, the dog was mm-hmm. 10 years old or is 10 years old, I should say. Uh, yeah. And also, like, I have a patient who, um, her, the regular vet had figured out, I don't know how, 
that Daisy, who's a lab, was allergic to the coating of the thyroid tablet. Oh, really? Yeah, and basically, like, the the brand name of thyroid tablet, um, there's a siloxine. I don't even know if they still make that. Levothyroxine. Those are coated tablets. So what that means is that all the different doses are different colors. Oh, okay. So like, the 0.1 milligrams are, are white, and the 0.2 milligrams are pink, and the okay. 0.3 mil- milligrams are yellow. Okay. Well, all those colors are, those food colorings are metal. Ooh, right. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's why they don't put them in a lot of human foods anymore. So you don't see like, you know, red number 40 and blue like number five. Those are metals. Okay. Okay. And so somehow they had figured out that she was allergic to the metal coating. So her owner brought her in to see if we could treat her naturally. And we tried for six months, but she did not do well. She did not respond to supplementation. Um, so we just, we found a thyroid tablet that was not coated. Huh, interesting. And, and she's, yeah, there's a chewable thyroid tablet out there. And so she's been on that ever since. She has done great. I just saw her a few weeks ago. She's like 13 or 14 years old now. She's wow. doing fantastic. Nice. Is there uh, holistic ways to treat uh, some cases of thyroid? Yeah. Types? And so there, there are supplements that will help. I've had other patients who are hypothyroid who do respond to supplements. And it just depends on whether the thyroid has completely shut down or not. Right. You know, sometimes you can help it function better, and sometimes if it's completely shut down, it's not going to wake up. Ah, okay, okay. And how can you tell Um, by another test? Can you tell if the supplements are working or not, or what? Um, yeah. Okay. And also, you know, I mean, really, she, Daisy, continued to be lethargic and didn't feel well until we put her back on meds. Ah, I see, I see. Uh, But like one of the dogs that I have, when his previous owner had him, because he struggled so much with allergies, Mm -hmm. he's um, kind of a pit bull mix. Mm -hmm. Um, At one point, she decided that she was, that he was, he must be hypothyroid because nothing else was working. And so um, she convinced a vet to prescribe thyroid medication for him. Okay. But but he was not hypothyroid, and so it it didn't help. Oh. <laughs> so he was on the he was on the drugs for a couple of months, and then you know she quit doing that. Ah, okay, yeah. okay. Well, we got a call for Liz. What time is it? Oh, yeah, we got enough time, right? Yes, we have a couple minutes before the music starts. Oh, okay, okay. Why well, don't we catch the caller there? Okay, yeah, we have Janice, and she has a question about uh, nutrition with cats and dogs and using raw food. Okay, Janice, are you there? I am here. There we go. I realized that um, my cat should not eat, no, my dog should not eat cat food. Right. And I have a purebred Abyssinian cat. Okay. And it, it's still a habitual problem. Um, it, it, it wasn't really that way when I got him. He's six years old. And he used to, well, he, he pukes all the time. Now I put him on the same raw as my dog. Right. And I, I put a little bit of cooking oil on it. And the throwing up has really stopped. Mm-hmm. What kind of cooking and, oil? Um, oh, God, what do you call the good kind? The good kind. Is it vegetable um, oil or is it vegetable oil or uh, canola oil, cottonseed oil? What kind of oil? Um, Olive oil? The oil, the, the expensive kind you put on your food, we do as humans. I, Probably yeah. olive oil then? There you go. There you go. Thank you. Okay. Dr. Jess. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Can now can the oil be absorbed in a cat system like that? Um, who knows? But it sounds like it's working. Okay. And so complain. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Dennis, so now you put the cat on raw, correct? Correct. Correct. I, I like my my dog has been on raw for five years. Oh, thank you. And he does. He always breath is like sweet smell, and I don't have to pay five hundred dollars a year to get his teeth cleaned. Excellent. And you, you know, so you know, so I decided. Okay, nothing else has worked for my cat. So why don't I just cut off a chunk of this raw? Chicken? Excellent. Hold that thought. Hold that. We got to run, and then we're going to come back. So don't hang up. Which is the most curious letter of the alphabet? Which is the most curious letter of the alphabet? We'll be back. All righty then. Appreciate you uh, calling in. Ryan, listening every Sunday, uh, sharing your Sunday afternoons with me. Beautiful day out there today, and it's only going to get warmer, and then get colder, then get warmer again, and that would be Minnesota. And you just heard the uh, commercial for Lun Seth Organic Lawns. This is a time to start thinking to try to maybe this year you're going to stop the chemicals for your kids, two-legged kids, four-legged kids, your grandkids, yourself, to quit toxifying the environment. So give Lun Seth, L-U-N, Lun, like fun. Seth, uh, organiclawns dot com. I call. They are some. They're awesome people to work with, and it's. It really is. You know, we, that's what we got to start doing more of. Is organic. All right. Okay. What is the most curious letter of the alphabet? Is it Y? Ding 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 ding. Yay! There you go. There you go. Okay. Great. Okay, we're going back to Janice. Yes. Okay, we got Doctor Jessica Levy, holistic vet. Doctor Jess, how can I get a hold of you? Uh, through my website at holistic-vet-care.com. All right. And then you also got it up on my sh- uh, show page, too, correct? I uh, uh, hope so. Yes. So you can also go to mytalk1071.com and get uh, you know a link to Dr. Jessica Levy's uh, website, too. Okay. I'll go. Okay, Janice, you there still? I'm still. All right. Okay. Where are we at now in the conversation? When we left, what break? I got a good memory, but it's very short. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mine, mine is shorter than that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, yeah. My my cat said it was throwing up. Right. The, the and so you. Putting the oil of. Mm, right. The good kind of oil on his food. Now, what uh, raw uh, food are you using for the cats? Um, like a chunk of chicken, same thing raw that my dog eats. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Keep doing that. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, what's the question that Dr. Jess sent? Did you want to know about oh. stuff? What's, what's, uh, what did he need? I just wondered if it was okay that I put the oil on there because the throwing up, you know, I, when I have to clean up, throw up on my bedspread. Yeah, that's not fun. It gets a little bit old in <laughs> But I've been doing it because um, God put him on my plate. There you, know? you go. And he didn't do this all the time, only in the last probably four years. Okay, now what did you, yeah, now what were you feeding before you switched him to raw? Oh, 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 uh, dry. Okay. The high-end dry. Right. Acid. But remember, cats mm-hmm. are desert animals. They're supposed to get the moisture from what they eat. Exactly. Right, and yep. cats that eat dry food will throw up. And so by just the fact of tra- changing and going to raw and, and no more dry food, that settled a lot of the problem there. It settled a lot. Yes. And, As, and now it's basically, I just wanted to ask a question because now I'm putting oil on it. It was periodically, even after the raw, but mm-hmm. now the, I'm adding the oil and it seems to have stopped totally. 
Oh, good. Yeah, a lot of times I'll have people use um, like alternating coconut oil and butter yep. if your cat tolerates dairy uh, just to help with um, hairballs and, you know, keep everything moving through their intestines. Okay. So, you know, the olive and because oil. I, thing, oh, sorry. sorry. I listen to KDK9 all the time, and I, of course, I have been buying the pumpkin in the can, pure, not uh-huh. the flavored. Oh, look at you. And Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've listened to Katie. Thank you. You know, so that helped as well. But now I I just wanted to check myself because I don't, I'm a barber, so I don't have a doctor degree or any degree. (laughs) You don't need a degree to learn about animals. That's for sure. Now, Dr. Jess, my question is, is that with the oils coat, the intestines at all where they can't absorb nutrition? She's uh, yeah, using, it might depend on how much you're using. Right, because you know? if she's using olive oil. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. So what's your thought on that? So how much are you giving, Janice? How much? Probably uh, just a, a tablespoon on top of his, is that, you know, chunk of raw chicken. Okay, so you're giving it a, a tablespoon uh, twice a day? Twice a day. Yeah. Okay. Have you, uh, it does sound like a lot. Yeah, to me that sounds like an awful lot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I wonder if it's really that much, though. You know, a tablespoon is three teaspoons. Okay. Um, uh-huh. So. Okay. That, but on the other hand, you know, boy, you can't argue with success. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I mean, the only thing you could do is you could try maybe to back off the olive oil a little bit and see if you yeah. still have the success yeah. that you've had. But, but if you're, but, you know, I mean, if the cat's not pooping out straight olive oil, I mean, it, just mm-hmm. imagine if you sat down and, you know, drank half a cup of olive oil, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And interesting things would come out. Yeah, that's uh-huh. true. Or, or, <laughs> or, if they, or if the cat's poop is not, you know, completely coated with oil, then uh-huh. okay. it, it's doing something. It's you know, absorbed. it must not be too much. Now, have you, Dennis, have you given her, um, the cat anything other than chicken? Have you tried ground turkey, ground hamburger? Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. good. Look definitely. at you. Boy, yep, fantastic. I the, the meat the same as I do for dogs. Okay. Yeah. So now, because, Dr. Jess, because she's not doing like a formulated raw, is there something mm-hmm. she should be adding, like terrine or something to the cat's diet? Well, meat is a fantastic source of taurine. Yes. So okay. when you're feeding uh-huh. raw, you don't have to add taurine. Um, is there bones in any of the food that you're feeding? Oh, not not to my cat, but definitely to my dog. Okay, so this is a great time to introduce the cat to chicken bones. So the next time you feed chicken, try feeding uh-huh. the cat a chicken neck or a chicken wing that's yep. not but raw. Know, so that's, not cooked, yep. raw. Right, not cooked raw. Yeah, yeah. So that your cat can clean up his own teeth and uh, right. you know not All have right. any dental I problems definitely. going forward. Okay, cool. I definitely will try that. Then. You know, there's an, another yeah. then, another book is not, by. If you're not feeding any organs, I would maybe give. Um, oh, maybe I do feed organs. I feed chicken oh, liver. Chicken oh, nice! Liver, Look at you, chicken um, 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 Whatever the other thing is, I forget what it is. Okay, the other thing. It was raw. That's good. (laughs) Yeah, raw, raw, raw. Well, fantastic. Liver is probably the most important organ to supplement. So maybe, you know, once a week or every other week, you know, a teaspoon or so of raw liver. Oh, look at that. 
Yeah. Yeah. Boy, Dennis, now, heart, you are on top of it. Heart and gizzards are heart and gizzards are are uh, muscle, right? I mean, yep. the, the gizzard does have some uh, enzymes and stuff in it, but really, the stomach in birds is just extremely muscular. Mm-hmm. Um, but the but the liver, you know, is an important organ to feed. Okay. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Personally, I can't eat liver. It is fun oh, to cut I up, though. It. it is good. It's fun to cut it up. I, I will make it for my husband, but there is no way I'm touching it. I'm sorry. I just oh, can't yeah. do it. No, well, technically, I, I am touching I, I mean, it. I, it's a little bit, but I, I really love it. Oh, when wow. I check out at the grocery store, they check out young girls say to me, Ooh, yeah. what do you do with it? <laughs> I go, well, my kids eat it, meaning dog meat. Yeah. And I said, I share it as well. Excellent. Go, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. Well, Janice, thank you so much, and you're an awesome uh, four-legged mom. And say thank you for listening and, and, and calling in and just helping us all talk, okay? Thank you for your show. You, oh, me. thank you. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. Wow, that's I just these necks so cool. <laughs> if somebody's gonna give oils, though, I'm trying now. Flax, there's uh, isn't there buzz in the dog world that flaxseed oil dogs don't absorb or break down correctly? Right. Okay. Right. I mean, they can't really utilize it, but people can barely utilize it. Okay. Okay. Now, if you have ground flaxseed, can they absorb that, or is it still kind of kittywampus? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they just as much as they can absorb any plant, which is minimal. Okay. You know, the, the problem with flaxseed is that it tends to go rancid very quickly. So you're supposed to, um, you know, keep it frozen and then you're supposed to grind it in your coffee grinder right before you put it in your smoothie. Oh, really? Because cause once you chop up those seeds and expose the inside to air, it oxidizes very rapidly. Oh, wow. That's interesting. So, that, so that's why, yeah, that's why I'm always a little bit suspicious of any dog's foods or supplements that contain ground flaxseed as an ingredient because mm-hmm. there's potential that it's rancid. Wow, that's interesting. Very interesting. Because I remember that a while back, uh, flaxseed used to be the buzz. And, oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden it slacked off. And then that's what mm-hmm. I heard that, uh, you know, they can't absorb it correctly. So it's kind of, you no know, why but buy, buy it? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a challenge for people, too. Mm-hmm. Wow, interesting. Um, yeah, and so especially with people who have dogs with um, allergies, I always recommend that they avoid flax and flaxseed because um, a lot of them don't seem to do well on it. Oh, okay. Is it that time? Yeah, we have a couple minutes if we want to break well, early. and well, then we'll, Yeah, we'll yep, come back because we got another call for yes. you, Dr. Jess, okay? Once again, Dr. Jess, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, through my website, holistic-vet-care.com. Okay. Which letter of the alphabet contains the most water? We'll be back. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate that. Okay, Dr. Jess, which letter of the alphabet contains the most water? C. Ding, 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 ding. There you go. Look at us. We're just whizzing right along. This is awesome. Yay. All right. There, yeah, yay. Okay, we got another caller on the line. Yes, we have Tori. Okay, what's up, Tori? How you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. Good. Um, so what's going on? I have a Labrador Retriever. He's two years old. And every, well, not every morning, but about every seven or ten days, he'll throw up bile in the morning. Okay. So I took him to the vet, and she said, well, maybe 
he just can't, you know, he's hungry in the morning. So I feed him just a little bit of food before he goes to bed, but that didn't work. Then she suggested maybe I give him Prilosec at night, and that seemed to make him throw up all the worse for a couple days in a row. Okay. Okay, Dr. Jess, ideas? Hey, what are you feeding him? From. Okay. Okay. Um, and what times of day do you feed? They, uh, he eats in the morning like 8 o'clock or so, and he eats in the evening about 6 o'clock. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, it's not usually an empty stomach issue with dogs. Um, I mean, it depends on the individual. But dogs are kind of built to binge and starve. So they're built to be able to go without food for long okay. periods of time. Sometimes, um, if they have a bit of a sour stomach in the morning, sometimes it's because they're not getting enough fat in their diet. Okay. And adding fat tends to kind of settle their stomach overnight. Oh. So um, that's the first thing I would try. Of okay, course, now what kind of fat? Stand, what kind of fat? I haven't gotten to that okay, yet. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> There's a plan. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> so... Yeah, of course, I'm a big fan of raw feeding, but if you want to try something else first, then what you do is you get yourself some nice, raw, cheap, fatty hamburger okay. and add, uh, so maybe, um, I don't know, a big big meatball's worth, um, and then add a teaspoon of coconut oil, mix that together, and try giving that to him at bedtime. Oh, interesting. Oh. Now, when you say fatty so, a hamburger... Okay, like seventy-five mm-hmm. percent, or uh, I don't know, but it's because we have our own meat, we you know raise our own meat. I don't know what what the store does, and so yeah. what kind? We're just looking for. Uh, yeah, whatever, whatever the the cheap stuff is, the the fattier. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and I'd mix mm-hmm. that hamburger with what now? Coconut oil. Coconut oil. And yeah. So yeah, what about a t- coconut oil? Now, how how big? How many pounds is your dog? Uh, he's close to 70, about 68. Okay. So what, how much do you have? Two, uh, table, two teaspoons or something or what? Um, of what? Of coconut yeah. oil? Yeah. No, just a teaspoon. Just a teaspoon? And, okay. Um, I know I'm trying to think about measurements. Okay. Um, like what do I have? I'm standing in my kitchen. What's uh. in here? Like definitely, um, if you had like a quarter cup measuring cup, flattened like not not rounded or heaped yep, yep. like that much that much raw hamburger with a teaspoon of coconut oil interesting okay. but you like raw i i've not really ever Correct. done don't raw. cook it don't cook it yeah do not cook it so a lot of times people worry about pancreatitis with um you know people suspect that it's because of feeding the dogs too much fat but it's actually the processing of the fats that's the problem and okay. cooked, cooking fat does change it. So you want to feed raw fat. Right. Right. People, okay. people end up with dogs with pancreatitis because they give the dog bacon grease. Whereas oh. if you fed a raw fat, it doesn't have that effect. Oh, there you go. There you go. So I would, I would try and see. And if that, if that does not seem to help, then I would suggest a raw food diet. Because, raw you know, feeding diet. raw bones will also settle the stomach and tone the intestines. Um, Okay. Okay. 
Well, I sure mm-hmm. appreciate your help. Well, thank, thank you, you for the call. Much. Onward and upward. Okay. No more throwing yeah, up. Give it a shot. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Have a great day. Went from, went from cats throwing up to dogs throwing up. I know there are quite a few p- people now. That brings up an interesting subject that it's they throw up because of the bile. You know, I mean, I'm not throw up because of the bile. They throw up the bile because there's not enough fat. Because I, what she just said, the vet gave him Prilosec, and it seemed like and that takes the acid out of the stomach, correct? Right, but here it made this dog's condition worse, right? Right. And also, so, yeah, it's, it's a common idea that if you have, like, acid reflux, that you have too much acid in your stomach, but mm-hmm. actually the problem is not enough no. acid. Yeah. So your your stomach acid has to be acidic enough to signal the lower esophageal sphincter to close. Right. And if your if the inside of your stomach does not have enough acid, that sphincter stays open, and then your stomach contents can wash back up into your esophagus. Ah. But but also, but I'm, I'm not a big fan of those treatments because um, those kinds of drugs, the proton pump inhibitors. Uh, they would never recommend those long-term in humans. Right. In humans, they say a maximum of 10 days. Right. Uh, because they have all sorts of cuckoo side effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they they can have bad effects on your kidneys. They suck the calcium out of your bones. There's all sorts of other issues that happen with those drugs. Yeah. No, I know. I believe it. I went through it with my husband. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. the people don't get that. Like you say, they, what you... When you have, you need more acid, not less acid. You know, they just, they, mm-hmm. I don't understand how that miscommunication can come from vets or doctors, you know, to the patients. It just doesn't make any sense to take the, the Prilosec or whatever type thing, you know. I think, I think maybe because when you, when you feel heartburn, it feels like something is burning your esophagus. And you think, what would do that? Gosh, mm-hmm. you must be acid. Huh. That's so, interesting. I, I, I don't know. I know years ago when I had a stomach ulcer, the doctor I saw cautioned me. Um, she did tell me to take um, Pepsi or something like that, and she warned me not to take it for longer than three days. Yeah. So, hmm. of course, I did not take it at all. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never taken that stuff either. Never. So it is what it is. Okay, we got a call there, ma'am? Yes, we sure do. We have Julie on the line. And hi, Julie. Well, hi there. Um, I just have a question regarding i have a dog that we've just uh, i guess about a month ago diagnosed with diabetes Mm -hmm. and i was trying to figure out we've been giving him increasing doses of insulin but listening to you today i find out i've been feeding him all wrong as far as i've been frying hamburger thinking i would uh, doing the right thing, and I mixed it with some bacon grease. <laughs> what kind of? Uh, I've also bought some liver, and I was trying to sneak some of that in with his food, not cooked, but he was throwing that up. So, how do I introduce raw food into his diet to make him healthier? What should I be feeding him? Okay, first of all, I got a question. What breed of dog? What does he closely resemble? Oh, he's a his dad was a retriever, golden retriever, and his mother was a little rat terrier. Okay, how many pounds is the dog? He's about. 56. He's lost a lot of weight, but okay. he's he's probably about 50 pounds now. Okay, now uh, uh, how, how old? He's eight. Eight years? Okay. Okay, Dr. Jess? Um, I agree. I mean, I, I would go raw with him, mainly because in order to manage diabetes, you got to get the carbs out of his diet. Okay. And there's there's no dry food that's not at least fifty percent carbohydrate. And what do carbs turn into? Sugar. And what does sugar mm-hmm. do? Spikes the bi- diabetes. Right. It, it just makes it impossible to manage. 
Um, so uh, there are lots of places that you can buy premixed raw food. Okay. And um, just go to the freezer the, section in your local store. You know your local uh, pet stores. Go to the freezer section. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And so basically, that allows you to start with a small amount that you can thaw out and just start adding little bits of it to whatever you're already feeding him. Okay. Sometimes people do prefer to go through kind of a cooked food stage as you're coming off of dry food on your way to raw, and that that's reasonable to do as well. Okay. Um, and then, you know, with the liver, some dogs don't do well with organs. Some dogs don't do well with cooked organs. Some dogs can only handle a teeny tiny bit of organs. So, you know, everybody's an individual there. And you just have to kind of take a step back and say, okay, what did I change? Okay. Yeah, keep, no- um, keep good notes until you mm-hmm. hit a beat, right? Because mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, and then what's going to happen if you get them off the dry food and into this raw, what's going to happen is numbers are going to change. So you might not have to give more insulin. Good. Right. You might have to lower the dose. Yeah. So I would I would look at, you know, my favorite raw feeding books are Natural Nutrition for Dogs and Cats, okay. which is a fairly tiny book by a woman named Kimothy Schultz, K-Y-M-Y-T-H-Y. Okay. And Schultz with a T-Z-E at the end. Okay. So it's natural nutrition for dogs and cats. It is short and to the point and kind of tells you everything you need to know. Super. And then another one that is more wordy, but uh, I like a lot because it makes it very simple, is give your dog a bone. Okay, give your dog a bone. Yeah, and that one is written by Ian Billinghurst. Okay, I will give them a try. Um, so, yeah, but, but the, these, these pre-mixed raw foods allow you to kind of, and so what these are, they, they have meat, they have bone, they have organs, um, some of them have some veggies, some might have some fruit in there as well, and allows you to kind of dip your toe in so that you're, you don't have to do a sudden transition. Okay. Eggs good or You can bad. just thaw out a little bit and start okay. adding it to what you're already doing. Julie, would you mind holding on until we come uh, back from the break? Sure. Okay. Okay. And Jess, can you hold on until we get, get back from the break? All right. You are in the woods. It's dark. There are some owls around you. There are 22 eyes in the dark. How many owls are there? We'll be right back. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. 
Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.